Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. pretty remote and wooded next to a ravine sounds like a nice place sounds cozy yeah it's pretty good Mm -hmm. despite being near a major national roadway not highway but a roadway just a road yeah that's how you get home Mm mm-hmm yeah you gotta get home somehow yeah you use the road and it's also by a strip mine it's an abandoned. I think it's done. Okay, hopefully. No, it's. I think I'm pretty sure it's done. The residence belonged, and I think it still does belong, to the Caton family, who had moved into it during the 1960s. Ever since they moved in, they would hear strange noises, and perhaps unusual rustling in the woods. Hmm. Now it got to be so bizarre, and potentially intentional that they started to believe that it was a quote hermit living in the woods like they thought it was a guy maybe Hmm. some random guy like maybe he's just camping in the woods or a homeless man who's decided like I like these woods I'm not homeless because this is in fact my home yeah this is where I live Mm -hmm. it's not your traditional home but no it's mine it is and honestly, like, who doesn't have the thought of just like, what if I just go live in the woods? It'd be fine. It's, I mean, it'd be alright. Yeah. Figure things out. Mm-hmm. It's where we came from, the woods. Nature. Probably have to rough it a little bit. Yeah. But that's good. part of the trade-off. Or mm-hmm. Most people who end up living in the woods probably don't have a choice, so it's not like a decision of leisure. Things can get tough. I think that's called camping when you do that. You're very right. I'm going to go live in the woods. No, man, you're just camping. <laughs> when are you coming back? In a couple of weeks. Yeah, you're yeah. living in the woods. Yeah, Monday, I'll be back. <laughs> oh, man, I was living in the woods. It was so hard. Yeah. You were gone five days. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, well. Well, anyway, so whatever is going on with this specific person or individual or just whatever we're talking about. Um, again, they were hearing weird sounds, and some seemed to come close to the house. Perhaps some sounded like, or some did, sound like rummaging through the garbage, you know, next to the house. Who knows what this hermit was doing, but he was doing something. He's acting like a raccoon. He is acting like a raccoon. He does not have raccoon hands. No. No, I don't think so. Okay. But, it's something, something's going on, but I mean, whatever, nature is wild. You know, things, sounds happen, animals do animal things, and 
bounce up against I almost got hit in the head by a robin today. You need to tell me about that. Quick as <laughs> so, yeah, they do crazy shit. <laughs> Nature's wild. You almost got hit by a robin? Yeah, I was just sitting on my patio. Yeah. I was actually sitting on the ground. I was stretching. Yeah. And I wasn't moving because I was just sitting there. And there yeah. was like two robins chasing each other. And I think they thought it was an inanimate object. <laughs> they, like, they, well, they almost hit me in the fucking face. <laughs> I went, whoa. I said, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, and the robin didn't say anything back, but he flew off. No, he was so. probably like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Nature's wild. Yeah. I mean, I would argue my what you just said contradicts what I put here. Because I was going to say, nothing worth getting really worked up about. But if a robin came on my head, I'd get very worked up <laughs> like, about it. It almost hit me right in the face. That's amazing. Because he totally thought like you probably weren't moving. Because like they're not just going to come towards yeah, me. And then I flinched because they got that close. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my reaction, too. I was like, oh, they're coming right at me. They'll break yeah. off. Yo! <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's not the. That's more dramatic because it's not a domesticated creature. But um, my brother has acquired a cat, another cat that I was hanging out with, and mm-hmm. I've been watching it chase a fly. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known what it was doing. But it was chasing a fly, and I'm sitting on the couch, and then like it jumps up on the like it jumps up on the couch, clearly going after the fly, but I didn't know what it was going after. And, like tries to like slap me in the face, <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, dude!" And like, oh. yeah. again, it knew I was there, but it just I wasn't part of it. Yeah. I wasn't part of its its plan. Just in the way of it meeting its objective. Yeah. Speaking of objectives, how about objects? Yeah. Much like the robin almost slamming into you. Well, mm-hmm. unlike that, because it didn't hit you. No, it did not. Objects started to uh, kind of hit this house. Hmm. Is it robins? It's not robins. At least it didn't say it was robins. That's that would make did. the story even more morbid if just robins were <laughs> pelting the house. Yeah, that'd be pretty rough. Yes. Not even the window. Just like the side stops. <laughs> He's just running into the sidings. Huh. Oh my god. Just like this Robin's exploding. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different story. That didn't happen. The noises, though, were undeniable. They were happening. Something or someone was whipping rocks, slinging stones, whatever. Lots of unwanted clanging and banging. Clanging and banging. Clanging and banging. What was going on? You can guess, but you don't have to. The guy that lives in the woods throws rocks at the house. I mean, that's kind of what they decided. But they also started to hear screeches. He's screaming while he does it. Ah! I'm not going to screech into the microphone. We don't need to be that sound effect um, involved right now. But he was... Or it, or them, or things, or whatever. Rocks are hitting houses, things are scratching. Ah, as far as a combination goes, that's not good. So they were, but yeah, again, they were just hearing stuff. Noises. Knocking. Rock. Rock knocking. That's not a good sentence, I don't know what. Shrieking. It could be anything, right? Uh-huh. Just chalk it up to the wind even, maybe. Something blue. The wind's throwing rocks at the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's screaming while it does it. I guess a whistling wind. That'd be, I mean, that's called the tornado. <laughs> yeah. Things are flying at the house and it's, it's just... It's happening a, again. It's Look outside. Weird, throw- <laughs> oh my God. It's not, that's not how, what the sky should look like. And it's just, really yellowish green. Oh my God. Just 
if color you hear that screeching if a color could a be tornado evil. siren <laughs> yeah get in the basement <laughs> ah, i'm gonna go get in the strip mine yeah duck duck and cover it gets in the strip mine it starts like blowing rocks no it's a Rocknado. They also, um, again, that's all going on. Were the rocks, so yeah, like you were saying, were the rocks really being thrown by some, you know, vagabond? Just like, mm-hmm. Then, there it was. Something may have happened before what I'm about to tell you, but we'll get to that. And by may have, I mean for sure did. Then, okay. there it was. Looking in one of the large windows near the kitchen table, as the family sat around it, as it peered through the window for a couple of minutes, they were obviously startled. But then it, you know, it kept looking, and it walked away. The family raced outside to see what it was, and saw it continue its departure. They watched it; it was gone. Okay. And after it was out of sight, the family went back inside. Oh, he's gone now. That was nice. Yeah, weird. All right, let's get back to dinner, hanging out. Mm-hmm. And it was family and some family friends, a little gathering. Perhaps grandchildren had come in from out of town to visit. And by perhaps, I mean they did. Okay. But they started to hear more noises after they went back inside. Tappings. As if something or someone saying, hey, check me out. Mm-hmm. I ain't going anywhere. Mr. Caton grabbed his shotgun and pointed it at the creature. You gonna go somewhere now? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Does anything, does any of this look familiar? You know what this is? Yeah. Do you know what this is? This is my boomstick. This is my boomstick. Another report from a website that we'll mention once we get into this. Um, Mentioned a little bit different version of the story because it said his wife, Evelyn Caton, pointed her twenty-two rifle at the beast as their family friend, you know, everybody hanging out, Scott Patterson pointed his twenty-two pistol at it. Regardless, there's lots of guns being pointed at this creature in any variation of this tale. Okay. So after staring at any one of these weapons and without a care in the world, creature turned as if to say whatever yeah creature wasn't too worried about the shotgun what's that gonna do or the pistol yeah or the rifle but it did you know after seeing it kind of did still make him leave yeah so casually just he's like yeah i know what that does yeah it's like all right did the creature know what a shotgun was probably even if the creature wasn't concerned with the shotgun killing him, it might have known that like being shot with it wouldn't have been a good thing to happen. I mean, it's being pointed in its direction menacingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most things pick up when things get aggressive. Right. I mean, I'm sure like the human stance to anything would be like, oh, it's kind of getting ready to do something. Yeah. <laughs> it's posturing. Yeah. Hmm. He's really planting its feet as if something's going to fly out of that object. All right, I guess I'll get out of here. I don't want to find out what that is. No. Big pass. The activity died down for a couple days. 
But if it didn't continue, this would be a short podcast. Because eventually it did return. With a vengeance. Hmm. In retrospect, after this had happened, a few days earlier, I mean, it seems kind of suspicious, um, the family's German shepherd had had its neck inexplicably broken. But he was fine? No, he's dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's that dog is dead. That's a bummer. That is a dead dog. Mm-hmm. Ghost dog? Don't know, but it's dead. So was its neck broken by the hands of the creature? Did it snap its neck trying to escape the creature? It was it an unfortunate rock climbing accident? Um, the dog was known. Oh, it, the dog was known for its repelling, and it came unhinged and huh. fell against the uh, the strip mine basement. And yep, well, it happens. Its collar and chain were found alongside its body, so it was like kind of like, yep. I guess, ripped out of it or. That's probably Mangle. not good. Yeah, nothing, um, nothing, nothing fantastic. Nothing you want. Now, moving on again. I had no good transitions to move away from the dead dog body. So, it's like regardless, the rock throwing didn't stop. Hmm. But again, let's not forget, the dog is dead. Okay. At some point, the kids started uh, marking rocks with X's. And then throwing them, like, basically at this point, it's like a regular occurrence. There's something out there. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is. We don't know what's going on. But we're kids, and we're going to fuck with it. And, like, they mark some X's on some rocks, and they throw the rocks out, like, toward the strip mine, like, out away. Those same rocks would come back at them, the ones that they were marked, so the exact same rocks. Now, you know, I saw, of course, I'm summing up some stories here. One time a neighbor was getting sassy and said... If you think you're so smart, that's like a direct quote to whatever was in the wood, a direct quote of someone quoting someone and they're remembering the story. If you think you're so smart, again, to whatever's in the woods, then throw a rock right between my eyes. That's probably not a good, good move. I mean, I'm mentioning it, so can you imagine what happened? He got hit in the head with a rock. And it was like an, not, it was like a adult woman who had challenged this creature. Lo and behold, she was blasted right in the face, shattering her glasses. Hmm. Yeah. Who would, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> hey, smarty pants. I'm like, you may not know what's going on right now, but if you think it might be a person, like, it's a drug challenge. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, if I were in the woods and my hobby was throwing rocks at people's sure. house. Sure, hypothetically. And some lady came out there and was like, if you think you're so smart, why don't you hit me with the rock? I'd be like... All right. Okay. Let's see if I can pull this off. You had like a moderately sized rock in your hand. And when you hear that, you you put down like the decent sized rock and you grab like the bigger rock. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. Boom. This one, this one feels right. I bet I can hit it with this one. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) Then imagine. And then then you see it and you go, oh, oh, I think I was actually going to hit it. Yikes. I wasn't, I didn't know it was that awesome. Oh, man. That looked like it hurt. <laughs> then she's like, ow. You know, being a little whiner because she got hit in the face with a rock. Hey, she asked for it. Literally asked for it. Behind the house, beddings, droppings, and an old jawbone from a cow were discovered. Hmm. Sounds like witchcraft. 
Yeah, the bedding was matted down, like sticks and twigs. So it, cause it looked like something was like kind of hanging out. Huh. Um, the family, kids, and Did their they friends. Have cows? Hmm. Or was it just a. Ju- it was just like a cow jawbone, I guess. Huh. Just back there. Cool. I mean, there was times when um, you know, back in the day when this area was more rural, which it's still pretty rural, um. We'd go exploring into like the the woods and stuff, and we would just find random cow bones or random deer bones, you know, just because. Mm-hmm. I found a random jawbone the other day. Yeah, I mean, it's just, this is what happens. It wasn't out, that big though. But I mean, it's what happens out here. I just want people to understand that, like, if you walk outside and just go for, a, you might find a jawbone. Yeah, it's just a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Very normal. Nothing unusual about it. Nope. Just take it home, put it on your dresser. Mm. Like, look what I found. Mine's outside on the patio table. Well, you gotta. Yeah, that's fine. Drop it some bleach. Clean cool. it. Get get all the you want all the germs off your jaw bones is the point. Yeah. Frame it. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little overkill. I mean, can you imagine if you walked into someone's house and they, they just saw like a just a bunch of framed bones of just random animals they found? That'd be weird. Yeah, I wouldn't like it. Um. So the, at some point, the uh, family, kids, and their friends chased the creature. They saw this thing. Across the riverbank and saw it lying down. Huh. They now, chased it. Yeah, they did. So it's like there's like an interaction going on here. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Just and then general? it laid down. I guess. Again, I'm taken from a retelling that I okay. may have saw some. Because that'd say. be weird if they chased it and then it was just like, hey. <laughs> How you doing? Just like, lays oh down. God. And it's like, hmm. So, like, in my head, I kind of imagine, like, they chased it, and then like, maybe, I don't know, again, I'm just making up, filling in gaps. Maybe it was, like, laying down, like, they saw it, like... like, it, like maybe it, it was like, crawling away or something? Maybe, or, like, it was, like, you know, like a day... day it was, like, 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 a nap time. Yeah, he got it. away, thought he lost him, and then they saw him, like, ah, like, hide and seek, like, oh, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, could be. So, again, being real rambunctious, after they found it, they pounced on it. That sounds good. The creature proceeded to throw all five of the kids off of him. Yeet. (laughs) (laughs) He literally got yeeted, yeah. Well, and then he introduced his yeet teeth because he bit one of the brothers in the back and he left a three-inch diameter bite mark. I don't know how to measure diameters of teeth marks, but, like, he bit him. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it's probably large. Mm-hmm. And of course, again, you'll be getting a description eventually. Now, when some, and again, this kind of happened, like it was just like a thing that was happening. So some of these stories were scattered throughout, you know, these children's childhoods. Yeah. Um, but what, the. What, uh, you, what the, do your kids get up to? Oh, mine like to chase the creature in our backyard and get bit when they pounce on them. Yeah, we also like to... fun. Yeah, we just, you know, we yeah, wrestle... Watch the neighbor woods. lady get hit in the head with rocks every once in a while. I mean, honestly, when I saw it, I was like, what? She seems to like it. She keeps going out there and asking for it. Yeah. So. Never mind. That's going to get weird. Yeah, hit me harder. He's just... She's got open wounds. Hmm. Just like challenging the creature. He's like, this is a weird game we're playing. You're going to get hurt. You might be hurt. But again, so this is kind of the atmosphere that things are going on in. And the uh, the phenomenon truly started to rip in 1978. 
Now, after the um, the first event, eventually the police were called, and local deputy sheriff James Shannon arrived at the scene. The Caton property. Oh, whoops! He arrived on the scene, and then when he arrived on the scene to the Caton property, he had a huge whiff of something really stinky. Mm, some of that good weed. <laughs> Hang on to that thought. Oh. It's, just, it's just, I mean, it's oh, okay. Nothing really important, but it's funny. So, it wasn't the weed smell though. It was the ammonia and sulfur, and it kind of stuck to the air. Oh, so it smells like hell. It smells like hell. Mm, it's a hell smell. Hmm. And the officer was like, "This isn't. This is not a direct quote." The officer was like, well, "That's not normal. Stinks a little bit. And it's real smelly." Now, um, Shannon, you know, James Shannon, Jim, searched the property. He didn't see anything too weird, but he couldn't get over the smell. He did see some gray-brown hair stuck in some thorn bushes, which he promptly collected. I didn't put it in here, but he also sent that to a college, I guess, to get analyzed. And then they lost it, I guess. Hmm. And said it was nothing. Typical. And then someone, another report that I saw, um, talked about how, like, the college that said they never got it. Yeah, we didn't get it. We lost it. I don't know. I mean, if they did Never get saw it, it. Yeah, if they Who did. Cares? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, extra deputies were brought in, and eventually um, they like rented Jeeps, and they had officers on horseback canvassing the area around the property. That's. Well, this just sounds fun. That's something else. Now. Residents of the local trailer park started also reporting sightings of this beast. I got hit in the head with a rock, too. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird. I challenged it, and it hit me. So they were seeing things, and they were also hearing bangings on their homes. People fishing would also report strange noises, and their homes being whipped with rocks. We got a lot of rock whipping going on here. Yeah. I think we know what its favorite thing to do is. I mean, you get bored, you live in the woods, throw rocks. It's a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, anyone who saw this creature. That's why I briefly paused for a second. I was like, I'm pretty sure I described the creature, and I do. Anyone who saw this creature would describe it essentially the same, which is why a lot of people who hear these accounts decided, like, they don't they don't think it's a hoax, because things line up. Six to seven feet tall, had a face, maybe weighed 500 plus pounds. It's a broad guy. It's a broad guy. Very muscular. And some of the reports talked about how its hair was like in front of its face, but you could st- see some of its facial features. What did you uh, say? I'm sorry. Emo. Like the swoop thing? Yeah, from basically. The 2000s? No, it's, that's exactly. I want everybody to picture um, their favorite emo band or guy or whatever. I mean, they don't mention the creature. Scene kid? Your favorite scene kid. People don't talk about scene kids. Is there even scene kids? I don't know. We should throw rocks at them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, I don't think this guy was wearing um, skinny jeans, though. Hmm. He was very muscular. Okay. He probably would have needed some big skinny jeans. Maybe they're all just skinny jeans to him. That's true. He's like, I'd like a regular cut. Give me the 501s. Also, who walks into like a store and like, requests their size like it's like a coffee shop? You know, like jeans are like a regular cut, 40 waist. Yeah. What? Thanks. I'll, I'll wait here. <laughs> Sir, you're not wearing any clothes. Yep. That's I why live, I'm here. I live in the woods. We're trying to solve that problem. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, I mean, you know what that sounds like. This is a Sasquatch-like creature. Sure sounds like it. Certainly does. All right, so where was this? The town, Minerva, Ohio. Located in uh, northeastern Ohio alongside the Lincoln Highway, hmm. which we all know as good old Route 30. These days, it's main location. It's a main location for fracking and natural gas. Oh, lovely. Back in the day, it's good stuff. Back in the day, it was founded by John Whitaker, who used Sandy Creek to power a grist mill. And he named the town, or it was named after his niece, Minerva Ann Taylor. The city was also a hub for rail lines to ship coal. The grist mill shut down in 1976 hmm. during the Age of Monsters. Little aside. So, go ahead. All the monsters worked at the grist mill and they lost their jobs, and that's when they spread out. I think we solved it. This is what I like. Why it's always in the 70s. We figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, this is that is that is as valid as any reason I've ever heard as to why the monster sightings were off the rails in the 70s. Because that's, again, what I've decided to dub the 1970s. The Age of Monsters. There have been monster sightings before, and clearly monster sightings after. But there's something about this decade that makes it special. And especially captivating for monster sightings. It's worth looking into why. One of these days, we'll get into it. But perhaps the monster's grist mill closed down. Mm-hmm. And they just decided to become wanderers or literal, you know, like actual hobos in the term of like going town to town looking for work Yeah, with no permanent residence. You guys got a grist mill here? No. <laughs> you guys got a grist mill here? <laughs> All right. I'm going to wait for the next town. All right. Do you guys have a grist mill here? <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing I'm really skilled in. It's done for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Too old to learn a new craft. Yep. Was hoping to retire, but they closed the mill down. Yeah. Shipped the job overseas. Thanks, NAFTA. What? What's that? This is 1976. <laughs> Need a job. Yep. Do you have some concept of the future? I will not disclose that information. Yeah, I'm a tri- time-traveling, dimensional portaling Sasquatch. Don't worry about it. Just looking for work. Yeah, I work in grist mills. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Barbara Galloway started at the Beacon, the local newspaper, in January 1978. And due to her previous stories on animals and agriculture, this landed in her lap. And by this, I mean the story we're talking about. Um, she took information by Mr. and Mrs. Caton in August 1978. The local story was picked up by the national and worldwide press, whom would descend onto the town. As the story broke, encounters people had previously kept to themselves came out. 
People seeing it across the street as it drove by. Well, as they drove by, it didn't drive by. Humans walked across the street and saw the creature drive by. People also saw, um, you know, big masses looking at them, shadowy figures from afar. Bizarre growls. Weird was on the menu. Yeah, so was feared. Hey. Hey, there you go. During the investigation, uh, Barb, James, his partner Sam, again, James is the sheriff's deputy, and the Catons would just kind of sit in the porch and listen and watch for anything unusual that might stand out to them. It's good research. It is, absolutely. Just porch sitting. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel about what's going on here? You know, just the entire things of what we're talking about. Oh, uh, I like everything. Okay. I like the energy they bring. I like taunting monsters. I like sitting on porches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like throwing rocks. Hey. So. Checks all those boxes. Yeah. It's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Before it. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a reason I held back on a little part of something here because I wanted to wait to reveal it here because take things to, well, what if I told you this monster, we're going to take things to a different level right now. Okay. Escalate things just a little further. Um, what if I told you this monster was often spotted in connection with two smaller creatures. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Sometimes Wait, said... like the same thing or like different? Sometimes said to be on all fours. Huh. Like, quote... This is a quote from Barb Galloway. Quote, Big mutated cats. Okay. With unusual heads. Huh. What? So it's got like guard lions it's got things now prior to the kitchen uh kitchen incident remember the guns oh i remember the guns yeah you do the catons and neighbors slash family friends were hanging out on the caton porch and they had noticed yellow glowing eyes perhaps two sets uh scott patterson jumped in his car turned on his headlights and noticed what they people keep calling them like cougars Mm-hmm. And then the Bigfoot entity walked out of the shadows and, like, stood in front of him and, like, kind of, like, planted himself. So imagine this giant Sasquatch creature who, like, walks in front of his, like, guard felines mm-hmm. and is like, sup, dude? Yeah. Uh... Oh, what? And that's when they went inside the house. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's get back inside with the guns. Mm-hmm. Because that's intimidating. Right. Now, as you can imagine, and we're going to talk about those felines in a little bit too, but as you can imagine, several people grabbed their guns and bows and arrows. I feel like they're right to do so. Kids and adults alike. Grab rocks. You like these so much? Yeah. Want some more? Return to sender. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Take these back. Enjoy these. And set out to make their dreams come true. One pair of kids claimed to have been chased by the hominid creature and its two cats in unison. They were in hot pursuit. Hmm. And those, uh, I believe those feline creatures stood about four feet high. 
I don't know if I mention it, but there's also maybe like someone couldn't tell what was being followed by it. They didn't say it was like two four foot size like little creatures, but it was like smaller things. But it's a lot of a lot of cat talk. That's a big cat. If it, we're talking four foot, yeah, it's not great. It's a really big cat. Mm-hmm. The beasts, the uh, Sasquatch creature, and its two kitties were on the same page. Was it this monstrous trio? Hunting these two kids? From the Beacon Journal article and the uh, the documentary that I used to assemble um, some of these encounters, uh, quote, It was shortly before dark when the five strangers in a van stopped in front of Herbert and Evelyn Caton's home on Ohio 30 in Paris Township. Armed with cases of beer, shotguns, and a, quote, Trained killer Doberman, end quote. The young men said they had traveled from Akron? Akron? Fuck. Is that how you pronounce it? Akron. That's what I thought. Akron to search for a big, hairy creature that is becoming the biggest tourist attraction in the village. Let's go. This is where we get the mess started. And they did, and they kept coming. Now, the 2015 documentary that I'm sourcing some of this from, the other stuff I sourced from, with some accounts from, of course, the Bigfoot Research Organization website, BFRO.net, uh-huh. dependable for this sort of thing. Um, the documentary is called The Minerva Monster, and it's available for rent or purchase on Amazon Prime. Don't give them ads. Uh, that's how I watched it. Okay. So that's how it, acquired, that's how it found its way into my peripheral. Another name that I have seen attributed to this creature, and we'll kind of get into this, like, again... The Ohio Sasquatch has like a specific name, which I'll tell you later. I know it. Yeah, you do. But this is like when I was looking that up, um, the Minerva Monster was like a huge like jump out. Or even when I was looking for that creature, which again I'll say at the end for those who don't know, mm-hmm. um, this was like a main sticking point, this tale. And I was like, oh, so this is like a whole thing of things, but this is like a specific Where's thing. Where's Minerva come from? It's the name of the town. Okay. The... Uh, the guy who made his grist mill, that was his niece, Minerva, something, oh, Ann Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be why. Um, so again, that was this is the first big story I discovered when I dove down the, uh, the rabbit hole that was the specific name for the Ohio, Ohio, wow, Ohio Sasquatch. Um, now with all eyes and ears on Minerva, monster excitement, stupidity syndrome was in full effect. Mm-hmm. It's a true mess to those that don't know. And the road, good old Route 30, became a parking lot. I'm pretty sure it was good old Route 30. Um, if it wasn't, it doesn't matter. It was just a two-lane road. People were parking alongside of it, not all the way off. It made it real skinny, you know, yeah. hard to travel. Um, people were camping in the strip mine. Police were repeatedly called. The area had been a Bigfoot hunter's paradise. As the media circus and publicity grew, America's only unifying oh well, the only unifying you know thing that holds America together through thick and thin is capitalism, and it took hold and local businesses cashed in by saying things like Bigfoot washed his car here, you know come to my car wash, yep, or Bigfoot ate his sandwiches here, come to my sandwich shop. I mean you can. Picture any movie. You can, you know, yeah. it's just 
Bigfoot's all over the place. Bigfoot wears these hats. Bigfoot wears these hats. Bigfoot drinks this beer. Bigfoot shoots these guns. Bigfoot throws these rocks. Buy a rock. $10. Oh, man. Being a rock salesman would be cool. It would be great. Throw a rock at Bigfoot. It's $5. What need, that's, what we need to, <laughs> that's what we need to do. Find a way to get people to think there's a Bigfoot who likes throwing rocks and then sell rocks that you can throw at him and then have been thrown by Bigfoot. Let's peg Bigfoot's neighbor in the head. $25. Yeah. Which honestly, as far as like ad campaigns go, that sounds pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. But the more eyes on the prize, harassment or the cue, you know, was focused in the Clayton, uh, the Caton's directions. Um, so eventually they stopped indulging the madness and refused to humor monster hunters or the press. Makes sense. Now, again, that's a brief summary of the documentary, The Minerva Monster, which... It's worth anyone's time if they care about Bigfoot and monsters. Mm-hmm. And then, like I mentioned, I was creeping around BFRO.net. I got an account for you from a different source. It's got some length to it, so I'm probably going to jump around here. So just bear with me. Um, but these sightings take place in the 70s, 80s, and they deal with the uh, 1978 phenomena. Uh, this gentleman, uh, he grew up in Stark County, Ohio, which is, you know, in Paris Township. All these places uh, where Minerva is. Uh, 1973. All right. So then, basically, when this monster was going to town, it was literally his backyard. Because, quote, The strip mine that was behind the Caton family's home, where most of the sightings occurred, belonged mostly to my family. We lived on the other side of the strip mine from the Catons. I went to school with some of the Catons, but never asked about what had happened as there were many rumors floating around the community. Many more people in the area were having encounters, but were unwilling to report it because of the ridicule the Catons received. Not to mention all the idiots running around ready to shoot anything with two legs and a pulse. I think about those guys. Fine. It's good. Now this go go he goes on to say that of course he can't speak for anyone else, but he can talk about um what he personally dealt with. And he had two sightings. Now the mine was owned by his aunt and uncle. And there was some mobile homes, three of them, kind of tucked away in the woods. One of them his family lived in. Um his grandparents were in another, and the other was with his aunt and uncle. So basically, it's like a family plot. Okay. You know. He talks about late 70s. Cornfield was smashed. They found a footprint. Exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, the fervor was reaching a fever pitch, um, they were kids and the adults didn't want them roaming around out at night. Again, probably maybe because they're going to get shot by a person with a gun, maybe. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Or, I mean, it's most likely, or get pegged with a rock. Right. I mean, lots of rocks are flying all over the place here. Mm-hmm. All right. So as far as that goes, he didn't actually see the creature. 
until 1984. Hmm. Now, inside that mobile home, he shared a room with his brother. Uh, bunk bed situation. More room for activities. Absolutely. You know, especially making use of your space. Mm-hmm. All right, he goes on to explain the weirdness of a mobile home's windows and acknowledges that if you aren't familiar with certain types of windows in these mobile homes, you might not understand what's going on. Um, but basically, um, you know, you would crank these windows open. He talks about that. All right. But getting to the heart of the issue, his brother and him were going to bed. Quote, I was already on the top bunk and my brother was not in the room yet. There was a nightlight on in the room and the window was cranked open so I would ordinarily see the reflection in the room. But since the window was open and because of the tilt, I now could see the reflection straight down. He goes on to talk about the window being made of smaller, smaller windows. And then he talks about how something could be heard coming up the driveway 30 feet from their room. Now, kind of like the Catons, he had a dog outside. So he was like, oh, maybe it's the dog. Then it left the driveway. Sounds kept creeping toward the window. But still... He's like, ah, oh, that's probably my dog. We're all going to find out that it was, in fact, not his dog. Because what he saw was a mass of black hair that was filling up his entire window. Maybe he thought, is this my dad? Hmm. Probably not. I mean, when's the last time you've seen your dad? Was he a giant black hairy mass? I don't think so. It's probably not your dad. But then there was a hand in between the two parts of the window. And continuing with the quote, I would not say the hand was reaching for me. I got the impression it was feeling the glass. Well, needless to say, I had seen more than I wanted. The problem was I was inside of a sleeping bag and couldn't do anything quickly. It's like trapped. Yeah. But with, <laughs> oh no! But with a hand a third the size of one of the windows and only inches away, I wasn't hanging around. So he chose to flip over the rail in one motion, sleeping bag and all. So he just took a dive off the top <laughs> bunk. I'm out. Peace out. I am out. Yep. And then he talks about how he hopped on the hallway in his sleeping bag. Yeah. Get yeah. away from the monster. Everybody knows what that looks yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, you're a burrito. The only thing that looks like it grabs you, right? You're wrapped up nice. Just a delicious little treat. Yeah, a little morsel. I think there's a Jim Gaffigan bit about that. There very well could be. But then, like, eventually, he saw his real dad, and was his dad was like, he says like his dad told me to calm down. <laughs> hey, again, imagine you see your son is hopping like a madman down the hallway, probably screaming. He doesn't say it, but I'm just picturing a scream. Like, ah! He's like, son, what are you doing? And then, of course, well, he tells, he explains the situation. And Dad does what any good responsible father would do. Grabbed his gun. He certainly did. <laughs> and then he, he uh, decided to go to the back door and did some circles around the house. Um, did some recon. Dad came up short. Nothing was going on. Then he goes on to describe that 
The hair was black and partially growing down the fingers. He couldn't make out its palm. He says, quote, The hand looked very much like a man's, only much, much bigger. He explains that he has almost a seven foot tall uncle, six feet five, uh, six foot six, so not almost seven feet, but six foot six. It's close enough. But again, this creature was way bigger than his uncle. He emphasizes that it had very clear fingernails. Okay. Weird. That's kind of weird. Jump ahead. 1989. Chilling with his lady friend. And her family. Mm-hmm. After a hangout, their family gathering, the uh, girlfriend's family took him to his property and let him go. You know, in the house. He's, He's home. free now. He's home. Go. Welcome. When he enters the house, Dad tells him a little story. Because everybody seems kind of freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then Dad was saying somebody was playing around with the uh, the doorknob on the patio. And with a broken light outside, they couldn't see what was fucking around with the door. So he locked it. And him and his bro just played video games. Classic yep. video games. 1989. Mm-hmm. Got some probably some good bangers. The NES out or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe they're playing Duck Hunt. Yeah, sticking the gun right against the TV and cheating. Not that I would ever do that. They reheat some dinner, playing games, hanging out, and again they're just hanging out. They're doing cool stuff. The only light in the area was the light from the neighbor's house, which is kind of illuminating. Again, with the porch light broken and their lights off. There wasn't much to see. Alright, so as they're hanging out, he makes sure to keep the doors locked and everything just kind of, you know, nice and tidy because they noticed something. Quote, I know there are no trees where this thing was and we were about three to four feet up on a porch and this thing was bigger. I turn again to get a better look and this time I see it start to walk to the right behind a shed, the same direction we needed to go to get home. So they had left the house. Must have skipped that line. It's fine. They're roaming around. Information I thought was not important was in fact important because their microwave was broken. So they went next door to the other close trailer park to use grandma's microwave. Yeah. So this is why they're outside. And when they're outside, they come across this creature. And now there's a problem because all I could think was they needed to get his brother home as quickly as possible. He needed to get to his dad and our hunting rifles. And then they actually turned and finished locking the door. It must have been shock. I didn't want to panic or scare my brother since he hadn't seen anything. So I told him, let's see who can get back home the fastest. So we ran and I let him beat me so I could stay behind him and keep him in sight. It only took a few seconds to cover the distance, but I was watching the whole time for anything. I saw nothing. We got in the door and that's when my adrenaline kicked in. I began shaking and couldn't stop till I got my nerves calmed down. I pulled my dad aside and told him what I saw. Like before he got a gun and told me to give him 30 seconds outside then turn on the back porch light. He didn't see anything. Dad still thinks he's nuts. But then I came to find out from my mom that back in the 70s, one night there were these god-awful screams coming from our woods that just wouldn't stop. So my dad got his rifle that and drove... That sounds pretty concerning. Yeah, how does... This... <laughs> Yeah, that's not great. No, that's like, uh, this is a problem. 
it's not stopping. No. Well, Dad got his gun went into the woods. Okay. And then I guess, you know, all Dad could see as he drove around was that bushes and trees were shaking very violently. Ooh, spooky. Super spooky. Well, and I guess... That's what I imagined a Bigfoot that's shaking him is doing. He's like, Ooh, Ooh, spooky. Ooh, scary. <laughs> spooky. Because if I was that guy, I'd be like, this is fucked. What is happening? Right. They only saw like a couple dead animals, I guess, in the woods after that. But like, okay, what killed them then? I mean, anything I guess could have. But that was that man's sighting. Someone who lived right in the same, you know, sector when the Caton stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. All right. From 1978 to 1980, this is just this one final, uh, final sighting. But... If you go to like the BFRO.net website and go to Stark County, Ohio, which is this area around this time frame, and I mean, there's sightings that go up until almost now, you know, pretty pretty damn recent, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, this one guy noticed a smell that was just terrible. Stanky. Awful. Stinky, stanky, stunky. The grossest smell. And then he's, you know, then there was noises that were like 20 feet away from him. And then again, he made it to his backyard. And then he looked into the woods and he saw nothing. But then it would have kind of like peek out, you know, kind of like, here I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my head, I'm just picturing, it probably didn't go down this way, but like the Homer Simpson gif of just fading into the bushes, mm-hmm. but then also coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. But that was it. Until a month later, we're on our bike, going to a friend's house. And he heard these sounds again. It made the hair in the back of his neck stand up, just even remembering it. During the summer, it seemed like it was relentless. And then again, he's telling the story to people. They don't believe him, his brother in particular. And then something changed his mind. Uh, quote, he was at the old makeshift cabin we built back there with a friend. They both heard something come up behind them. And when my brother turned around, it was right there. When they turned to run, the creature grabbed my brother and ripped a mark on his back. Oh. Yikes. Ow. He had three claw-looking scratches about an inch or two long. Oh, my God. It's not very long. No, but... I mean... It's not, still probably hurts. No, no, right, yeah. It's not super long, but giant monster just attacked them. Probably, you know, I mean, could have been worse. Mm-hmm. They ran back down the hill until they hit, hit the road, and just like before, it never left the cover of the woods. He said it stayed there and bellowed out an awful scream that scared them to death. I've never seen him that visibly scared in my entire life. And then one morning around 3 a.m., the witching hour, mm-hmm. my brother slipped outside to have a smoke. Oh, yeah. Smoky time. <laughs> Smoky time being naughty. <laughs> sure. Okay. And then there was banging on the back door, which scared the doggy, and he scampered away, crying, you know, like a dog. You know. Meow. Yeah. Meow, meow. <laughs> oh, no. And then uh, the smell they smelled in the air was like rotten flesh and like skunk, which is the smell you want to smell. If I could pick, like, my favorite smell. Yeah, rotten flesh and skunk. Mm-hmm. Top I, of the I line. don't think that's for me. Yeah, you know, probably not the best. 
And then his brother said, look, there it is. And they saw, quote, huge hairy thing walking out of the woods with the moonlight on its back. And it was about seven to eight feet tall. They saw it go through the neighbor's yard. Then it left. And then, quote, this was just one of the many things that happened by our house during the three summers this thing was coming around. So for three years, they were dealing with that madness. Yeah, that definitely puts you on your toes a little bit. Right? On guard? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, I just walk around my yard at night, and I don't care because I've never seen anything like this. No. But if I had been seeing it for a whole summer, I'd be like, well, maybe I'll just stay inside. Yeah. Maybe nighttime isn't for me right now. No. When you see it once... And you know it's out there. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's a big pass. Now, we've talked about Bigfoot before. He's cropped up over, over the place. Probably the most famous cryptid that uh, yeah, exists. Yeah, I would say so. Like, nothing, number, I mean, easily number one. Um, this story is notable because, I mean, lots of people saw this thing. The felines are crazy. Yeah, that, that part's wild. It's a nice addition. It's like got pets. Right. He's got like his own little pack. Mm-hmm. His cat pack. Or he's like a hunter with his hunting cats or just whatever, man. Guard cats. His guard cats, right. So his like herd of cats. Good little cat herd. Yeah. So like was the whole like community like mass hysteria? Eh, maybe. I don't know. But anybody who spoke to the Catons, you know, believed them. And, like, watch the documentary, Good Old Minerva Monster, because you can hear um, how Caton, um, one of the kids that was there during all this, tell, you know, retell. A lot of that personal stuff was from him. Mm-hmm. And it, they interviewed the sheriff, his deputy, and uh, the reporter. And they just tell you, like, normal people, what's going on. It's like, all right. So, Mrs. and then, um, the uh, back in the day in the seventies, the Bigfoot Research Organization had actually went over there and talked to them, and uh, they had you know got some information from the family. Um, and Mrs. Caton, you know, what does Mrs. Mrs. Caton believe to, that led to the creature making its presence known? Um, according to the, again the Bigfoot Research Organization, quote: Mrs. Caton believes the creature's appearance were due to her husband Herbert cutting down the thick brush next to the pit. And that he also dumped some garbage around for the raccoons. Hmm. So. Well. Yes. I mean, it sounds like disrupting the ecosystem. 100%. Maybe. I also don't know what the pit is. Uh, the strip mine, I'm assuming. Okay. That's what I was guessing, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Just back there, you know. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, screwing up the ecosystem. I mean, you see this with normal animals. Mm-hmm. You screw up their habitat, they get wild. Yeah. And if he's real, why would Bigfoot be any different? Mrs. Caton also says that she would throw food in the yard, and then when she'd go out the next day, she'd see, like, footprints like that looked like, you know, I mean, you're non-human. also just feeding them at that point, too. Right. It's like the same thing with, like, bears. I came I If came you're living in an area with bears, you don't just throw food in your yard because then bears come. Right. Ours are called raccoons, and we don't throw food in our yard because we don't like raccoons want raccoons in our yard. Correct. Because they will come. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
I came to that later and like when I was putting all this together and I was like, well, that's, well, yeah, it's going to make them come right to you. Yeah. But Ohio is in the top five states as far as Bigfoot goes. Yeah, it's up there. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So much so that the Minerva Monster, again, may just be part of a larger Ohio phenomenon. That has been reported on since Europeans entered, uh, invaded the area, the 1700s. The Ohio Grassman. So the Minerva Monster is an Ohio Grassman. Yeah. Because that's like Ohio Sasquatch. So Minerva Grassman. There's many more Grassman stories. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So since there are many Grassmans, I'm sure we'll be making our way back to the Buckeye State. And again, like the Grassman, when you mention like he's just smoking weed or whatever. Yeah. He's the Ohio Grassman. There you go. Throwing rocks, smoking blunts. Yep. As you do. Taking hits and giving out hits. <laughs> A lot of hitting. Yeah. Rocks. Yeah, right. But yeah, we'll make our way back to the Buckeye State eventually. But yeah, Minerva Monster. Minerva Grassman. Uh-huh. Little Grassman story. There he is. There he is. There he is. Felines are a wild addition. Yeah. But he's just a whole thing. I like to think that he had them with like the big spiked collars on their necks and stuff. Please. They were just meowing intimidatingly. No. Not like that. How do they do it? I don't know. Okay. Like how DMX would meow. Oh. Like how he barks. Got it. But Understood. But a cat? But a cat. Got it. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. That tracks. Yeah, there you go. All right, yeah. So if you are the uh, Minerva Grass Man creature, you can email us at weirdandfeardpodcast at gmail.com. Voice message. Um, anchor.fm slash weirdandfeared. Follow us on the patreon.com slash weirdandfeared and support the show any way you can and listen to Behind the Veil where we have more bonus podcast content. And leave us an amazing, or just a review on the iTunes wherever you leave reviews for podcasts. Yeah, we prefer amazing, but we'll right. take anything. So. Yeah, dealer's choice. Yeah. But yeah. And above all else, when you're walking in the woods behind your house and you think something's throwing rocks at you, don't insult it and be like, you think you're so smart? Hit me in the head. Because yeah. you might just get hit in the head. Bam. Boom. All right, guys, stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Thank mm-hmm. you.